Welcome to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. Filling in for Susan Littlefield today, I am Chad Moyer. Today we're joined by Arlen Suderman from Stonex and our uh, weekly, our Wednesday guest here midweek. Arlen, thanks for joining us here today. And a, a quick look at the screen to start with. Uh, not uh, not the best of days, I would say. Uh, we're red across the board. Looks like uh, the small grains is what uh, led to the downside. Uh, Minneapolis wheat and Kansas City wheat, almost 27 down in, in both of those cases. Uh, first of all, maybe just give us some comments on the day's market today. Lower in the grains? Uh, uh, was it just a, a kind of a, a ho-hum day in the grains, or are there some bigger things going on that the market is keeping an eye on? Well, I do think it's significant to look at the broader trends of what's happening outside markets, because in an individual market, it's not always about supply and demand fundamentals for that particular commodity. And we saw selling across the board in the equities and the commodities today. Most of the commodities were under some sense of pressure during the day. We did see times when some of them did post uh, poke their head into positive territory. And we did see some positive trading for some of the stock market as well. But for the bulk of the day, it was kind of headwinds, a little bit of a risk-off sense, rising interest rates, expectations that the Fed is going to uh, continue to raise interest rates at least one more time and then maybe keep them up there uh, for quite some time, uh, raising worries about, uh, the, uh, about the implications for the economy and that might slow down the economy. Also, when we're starting to see a little bit more worry about the um, debt ceiling debate going on in Washington right now, uh, we passed the initial debt ceiling, and now we're doing creative accounting to try to continue to go on and, and meet our obligations um, for and not default on any of our debt. But we kind of run out of time for that come June, and there's not much movement at all right now in trying to get a, a fix for that. So Wall Street's starting to get a little bit more nervous. But the primary thing today it really comes down to recession fears and, and higher interest rates. Um, the dollar was firmer as well throughout much of today's session, creating some headwinds for the commodity sector. Okay, uh, let's talk about some of the uh, some of the things specific to grain, I guess. And uh, you know, it's it's been all eyes again on the Ukraine and the Black Sea region, right? Uh, is uh, uh, is Russia going to honor the length of the agreement that's in place? Or are they going to pull out early? Um, what's your take on that right now, as we sit today, Arlen? And and what sort of an impact could that have moving forward? Do you think? Yeah, the grain initiative that allows ships to come and go from three ports in Ukraine to move grain out. It requires that those ships all be inspected by Russian inspectors at the port in Turkey at Istanbul prior to going to the Ukraine ports and then after de- leaving Ukraine as well. There's a safe corridor there where they can move before exiting the Black Sea. They must be inspected again. And this is all coordinated by the UN's Joint Coordination Center. And U.N. inspectors have really been slow walking those inspections, backing up sometimes 150 ships backed up, waiting to go in. That is limited amount of exports coming out of Ukraine, but they've still been able to do an impressive job. In addition to what's going out over land to the west into Eastern Europe. Now, the Eastern Europe routes are starting to shut down. First, Poland says we're not going to accept any more Ukrainian grain because it's killing our markets. 
they finally came to an agreement that, okay, they would allow it to enter their border as long as it had a GPS sensor on it that they could track it to make sure it went all the way through their country to another European country. Uh, now Hungary is saying it's going to block any imports, and other countries are considering it as well. And then even countries beyond border countries are starting to say, well, you're just pushing the problem to us. So we're starting to see a limit on exports over land. Come back to today, the current agreement goes until May 18th to allow those ships to go in and out of those three Ukrainian ports. That's only a 60-day extension from the last agreement. Um, and Russia has been starting to say, we don't think we have any interest in extending it. Ukrainian officials have been the optimists through this whole thing. Each time it comes up for extension, they go, yes, it's going to be extended. That sense of optimism is what's kept Ukraine going through this war. But even they are saying this agreement may not be extended. There may be too many obstacles to it doing so. And so twice in the last week, we have seen all inspections come to a halt of ships moving through. And um, this week, it, last week, it was a one-day halt. This week, it was a two-day halt. That, too, adds to those concerns that we're going to see an end of that agreement. And you wouldn't know it from today's market action, um, but this market's going to have to come with the realization that we may see some significant restrictions on Ukrainian grain getting out to the world market. And while that's largely been traded in the wheat market, it's really probably more of a corn factor than it is wheat as we go forward because Ukraine has really put a focus on exporting more corn than it has wheat. Really quickly, Arlen, um, uh, what are the prospects for grain production in that part of the world in the coming growing season? Well, Ukraine says they're only going to be down 2 to 3%. We don't think so. They were down at about 30 35% last year. We think they're going to be down another 20 to 30% this year. It's just becoming very difficult to continue to farm in Ukraine, to get the resources to farm. They're needing financial aid in order to buy seed and fertilizer. Um, there are other challenges, even getting the personnel to operate the equipment. They have unexploded arsenal in some of the fields. There's a lot of challenges to be able to continue farming. Yeah, definitely. All right, Arlen, thanks for joining us here on the first part of the Fontenelle Final Bell. Arlen Suderman with StoneX, our guest on today's program. Coming up in the next segment, we'll talk about another geopolitical struggle that's being talked about uh, in the markets. We'll get an update on the meat animals today as well. Cattle and hogs were also in the red today. Stay tuned. The second half of the Fontenelle Final Bell is coming up next here on the Rural Radio Network. Welcome to the Fontenelle Feature. I'm Joe Gangwish, FSR with Fontenelle Hybrids. We're going to visit with Bob Wiseman. He's a Fontenelle Hybrids dealer in the Hershey, Nebraska area. So, Bob, tell us what you enjoy most about working with Fontenelle Hybrids. I would say it's the relationships that we've built with our FSRs and agronomy guys. Just the knowledge that's out there and any questions, people are readily available to answer and, and help you out. And being a dealer for Fontenelle, what's been the most rewarding aspect for you? Finding the products that fit a producer's needs and watching them succeed. And what makes Fontenelle stand out among other local seed brands? I would say it's probably our large selection of quality hybrids to fit all maturities and then the abundance of varieties with and without traits to fit everybody's needs. For more about us, you can visit Bob Wiseman there in the Hershey area, any of our Fontenelle dealers across the state of Nebraska, or go to Fontenelle.com. 
Welcome back to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Chad Moyer, joined once again by Arlen Suderman from Stonex. Um, Arlen, we, we talked about the conflict in the uh, in the Ukraine region around the Black Sea in the last segment, but uh, as I mentioned, uh, you said there's another geopolitical discussion that is being held, but it's a half a world away. What's going on in China, and uh, why should we be paying attention to uh, some of the people that they're meeting with, Arlen? Well, the geopolitical risks, risks in the Black Sea tend to be bullish the grains. The, what's happening in China tends to be bearish um, because the Black Sea is a major exporter of commodities. China is a major importer of commodities. And so on the one hand, it limits what's available to the world. On the other hand, it limits what we in the United States might be able to sell to China. And uh, I think one of the things that I've been following closely really since late June last year is this growing coalition between uh, the BRIC nations and specifically between Russia and China. And I've reported on that many times. We've talked about that. The latest is that China's defense minister just returned from Moscow from a meeting there with Putin and uh, had a new strategic agreement in hand. China and Russia have agreed to expand military cooperation and support for one another uh, to jointly resist threats that they perceive to be um, threatening them and, and improve services, enhance intelligence, and to conduct exchanges and personnel. It's basically an agreement to support one another in these perceived threats. Now, what's a perceived threat? First of all, Russia perceives, it says that it perceives that the United States and NATO was using Ukraine as an avenue to attack it. That's why it attacked Ukraine. China perceives that the United States wants Taiwan as a landing post to where it can launch an attack on it. That's a perception and reality. So basically, these two countries have promised to come to each other's aid and share intelligence, conduct military activities together, etc., now, from the standpoint of Russia helping China, Russia's pretty extended right now, pretty extended thin. I don't see it being able to help China a great deal, although it has, in a previous agreement, offered to help China uh, with its advanced warning system. On the other hand, China could offer more lethal aid to Russia. This agreement doesn't specifically say lethal aid going to Russia, but it is a step closer to that. And the word you know, is, in, is going around in Washington that Washington is working on some type of thing with our allies that if China does provide lethal aid to Russia to help in its cause with Ukraine, that financial sanctions could be placed on China. We don't know what those financial sanctions are, but we know that there's a risk that they could make it more difficult for Chinese buyers to do the transactions necessary to buy U.S. commodities, let alone the fact that China may retaliate by saying we're not going to buy this U.S. Uh, commodities. Yeah. All right. What a deal. What a th- oh, something to think about. Uh, what about over on the meat side of things, Arlen? Um, in addition to the grains, both live cattle, well, live cattle, feeder cattle, they were weaker today for the most part. Uh, some of the deferred hogs were slightly higher. Uh, anything that you're watching in the in the cattle and hog markets these days? Yeah, in the cattle market, uh, today's online auction uh, closed with no bids. Um, That wasn't a good sign. And and what we were expecting coming into the day, steady to firmer cash prices this week, uh, that put a kind of a dagger on it and made made the market question whether that would be the case. 
Uh, so some consolidation lower in the cattle market today after it's seen this big jump, helping to correct an overbought situation. We'll have to see how this continues to unfold on the cash side of things. On the hog market, most of the contracts outside the nearby May contract end of the day higher. Uh, consolidation higher, a little bit of support. And as I look at the cash hog index, it, the two-day index was up today for the first time in a month. So a little bit of stability starting to get to the cash market. Also, when we look at the board, we've seen tremendous liquidation there of ownership by the speculative fund. In fact, building of sizable short positions. And I think they started thinking, okay, maybe we've reached a level where we've priced in these oversupplies. Um, and for now, and, and maybe it's time to consolidate. All right. Just quickly as we wrap up the program, uh, give me one or two things to keep an eye out here in the future. What are the markets going to be chewing on uh, here through the through the rest of this week and through the end of the month? Well, we've got some really cold weather coming across the Midwest this weekend with possible frosts and freezes all the way down the Ohio River Valley and across much of the central plains in the Midwest. And then we're going to be watching beyond that. Does it start to warm up, and do we do so with some dry enough weather to be able to get the crops planted? I know we're too dry in Nebraska, but other areas to the east need to have the dry weather. Uh, that's what the market's going to be focusing more on. Very good, Arlen. Great to have you on the program. Thank you so much for your expertise today. Again, Arlen Suderman with StoneX, our guest on today's program. Remember, trading of uh, commodity futures does involve substantial risk of loss. It might not be suitable for all investors. That is today's Fontenelle Final Bell. It's brought to you by Fontenelle Hybrids and your local Fontenelle dealer. Here on the Rural Radio Network, Chad Moyer reporting.